live from Southern California, this is the Jim Rome Show. Starting with a D. Like, this is something that I just do not get. I don't get it. For some reason, people still love to clown your city and your lions. Not me. In fact, I'll even go third person. Not Van Smack. Not Jim Rome. Jim Rome is on record for his love of that city and for Dan Campbell's Lions. It just seems like most others still are not putting respect on either of those things. Not the town, not the team, not the coach. Even after your 2022 season, in which you became one of the best stories in all football, still people are here to hate. Still people are here to hold the past against that team and that town. The latest... The latest hater is one Micah Parsons. This is the spicy challenge, not the sissy challenge. Yeah. Wait, I, I need to see the gift card. Dude, are you done with that? Why don't you just dump that whole bottle on that? Can we get a gift card on the I table? The mo- I need to see the money on the table. $20 right now. That, ain't, no- that ain't enough, dude. <laughs> that ain't enough. How about you put that watch on the table? <laughs> he liked that one. That was Micah and I a couple of years ago on the row. Yes, that guy, Mr. Spicy Challenge himself, once again throwing shade. But this time, the heat was aimed at the city and the team in Detroit and not this sissy, yours truly. This time, old Micah weaponized Twitter to go in on the D and the Lions. The Lions, possessors of two of my favorite players in the NFL. One, obviously, the leader of the hidden village of the den that is Jamal Williams. Is it too late for me to be a nerd Never. or a geek? Never. Do I have it in me? Yes. I- Just let your child back out. Just let it back out. What's Ooh. old to you? What's old? Anybody older than me than you old, for sure. Dude, I'm, old enough, used- I'm old enough to be your grandfather, dude. <laughs> for real? You, yeah. you barely have gray hair, though. You working on it. I'm working on it. Man, I love that guy. I love his voice. I love his game. I love how much of a nerd he is. I want to be that guy so badly. One of my favorite players ever. Secondly, Amon Ross St. Brown. You know I love him. If you listen to Jim Rome's Big Head Bets, you especially know that I love him. Love him. He knows the Lions suddenly are a really hot commodity with incredible upside. So, he shot his shot with Jalen Ramsey and pitched him on becoming part of what they're building in the D. Then old Micah saw that, though. And for some reason, Micah wanted to insert himself into the conversation. Why? All together now, the same reason anybody does anything, because they can. And Micah, because of his game, can essentially do whatever the hell he wants. Whatever the hell he wants, whenever the hell he wants to do it. So old Micah saw that and responded to that sales pitch with, and I quote, I'm sorry, no one going from L.A. to Detroit with three laugh emojis attached to that blast. (laughs) Damn, Micah. Really? Are you going to do these guys that dirty? Are you going to do these guys as dirty as you did them on the field earlier this season? I guess I can consider that your third sack of Detroit in the last calendar year, hey? Laugh out loud. Dude just coming hot on another blindside blitz and decleating the D. I mean, the city. Decleating the city and the franchise again. Hey, listen, don't get it twisted. This is also a big Micah Parsons house. Even though he called me a sissy. That's how much I like that guy. He called me a sissy, and I still like that guy. But he wasn't saying it after I ate that piece of pie. After he dumped half the bottle of hot sauce on it. So I still like Micah. I can not like Micah, man. The guy's great content, great personality, incredible player. And he's always taking a run at somebody. However, that said, I like him. It's a big Micah house, even though he called me a sissy. But I've got to defend the D here. I have to defend Detroit here. Micah, you're pretty much telling the entire world that after you wrecked shop in week seven, you never look back. 
You never paid a lick of attention to what they did afterwards, my dude. Because today's Lions squad, or the one that ended the 22 season, is not the same Lions squad that you beat down in Week 7. These guys didn't just take that ass-kicking you gave them and then, quote, sissy out. To quote their maniac head coach, when you knock them down, they pick themselves up and they start biting kneecaps. And then they went on the rest of the way to become one of the best teams in the NFC. Not a take, but a fact. Shortly after you got off their quarterback, Jared Goff, they went on an 8-2 and two run to finish off their season. What I'm saying, Micah, they're not a bunch of sissies, dude. They're not that 1-5 team that you had your way with. They felt that spice. And these cats punched the hell back. And, of course, we know the city will, too. And today, it's the Lions. Check this out. Listen to what I'm about to tell you. Today, it's the Lions, not the Packers, and not the Vikings, who have the best odds of any NFC North team to win the Super Bowl next year. The Lions. So now I'd say, you better don't with these guys, Micah. But I know you, dude. I know you. I know how you roll. You know what? Maybe, maybe I'm the one who's got it backwards. Maybe I'm the one who's got it all twisted. Maybe this is actually a sign of respect from you. Because come to think of it, you generally do not punch down. You're not a bully like that. You don't punch down. Think about the teams that Mr. Spicy himself has gone at this season. Philly, Frisco, both Lombardi contenders. So maybe actually it's a sign of respect, Detroit. Maybe he is aware that you're building a bully in Rock City. He better be, because that's exactly what the hell is going on there. Detroit, their football team, I'm going to say it. Detroit and their football team are on the come up. And Gino, that brings me to you. Gino in San Antonio, this is not your bat signal to jump on the phones and drop another atom bomb on the city of Detroit. Or then again, Gino, knowing you, it probably is. I think we really need to give this guy a pass. He lives in Michigan, and it's February. It takes 30 minutes to thaw out your car just so you can go anywhere. Detroit, let's put all this hatred behind this. I think we're good, all right? And I'm glad. I'm glad we're all friends now. Now, listen, I'm going to let you guys go because I know you got to go make a payment on your clothes. All right, peace. You know what? I want to take this phone call to just point out some things that, that we have in common. I want, to, I want to make a little peace bridge between us here. Let's take your football games with Michigan, all right, the big house. You know, I don't fly to Ann Arbor, and you guys can't afford to go to the games because you spend all your gas money on Molotov cocktails. All right, look, Detroit, you got to know your limitations. you got to know what you're good at. If we were talking about bankrupting the jungle, you'd have me. But this ain't checkers. This is chess. Say what you want about the Lions. Say what you want about the city of Detroit. But if you are here to hate on either, you are barking up the wrong tree. You're lifting your leg on the wrong tree. I love the Lions. And believe me, I'm not some front runner, some bandwagoner, some gravy trainer. Believe me, I've gotten many, many years of content from taking a dump on the Lions. But I'm fair. I'm objective. What I see, I love. I've got an open mind. And right now, that kneecap muncher, Dan Campbell, and that team went into Lambeau and knocked the Packers the hell out in their house and out of the postseason altogether when they really had nothing to play for other than pride, heart. Man, these dudes are tough as hell. And most of you listening, most of you listening, wish your team had that kind of grit. Wish your team had that kind of upside. So Micah Parsons can say whatever the hell he wants because he's Micah Parsons. And for the record, I love the guy. I do. And he called me a sissy, and I still love the guy. I just wouldn't be poking that bear. I would not be poking that bear, Micah. If this is purely a football jab, right, then it's just wrong. How about this, Micah? Let me help you out with some data. I mean, I hate to call that guy out because he's coming for me again with his sissy blast. 
Guys, keep yourself tight and feeling confident with new and improved Dove Men Plus Care Antiperspirant, reformulated with 72-hour sweat and odor protection and one-quarter moisturizing cream. Stop worrying about your underarms so you can be present for the moments that matter. Do not let underarm insecurities keep you at arm's distance from the ones you care about. Buy new and improved Dove Men Plus Care Antiperspirant with 72-hour sweat and odor protection wherever personal care products are sold. I'll tell you what's not. I got actual, factual data for you, my man. The Cowboys and the Lions have been in the same number of NFC championships since 2000. Zero. So if it's just a city thing, update your material. If it's a football thing, update your material. But from a city standpoint... I mean, even if you own the football thing, you're still wrong about the city thing. Did you not get the memo? Wait for it. Detroit is a destination city. A destination city and not a, I don't know, poop hole. The poop hole Detroit. It's my man DB, Darius Butler. Another guy I love. The poop hole Detroit. Love DB. Don't love that take, but I love DB. Quote, the poop hole Detroit. The poop hole Detroit. Why stop there? Why don't you call it a butthole? What am I saying? Why do I say this? Butthole. Wait for it. Poop hole. Poop hole. Poop Wait for it. Time Magazine. Time Magazine. No less an authority incredible source than Time Magazine called, quote, the poop hole. One of the world's 50 greatest places of 2022. Fact, Time Magazine. I don't think, quote, the poop hole bought that. They earned it. Detroit, I got you, yo. You know I have you, Detroit. I've always had you, Detroit. Hey, Jalen, my man. I know you're your own man. I'm not your agent. But I'm telling you, dude, and I'm an L.A. native. I live in Southern California still. I was born and raised in L.A., J1, my dude, Motor City. Motown is the place to be. Why do I say that? Factories over facelifts. Get out before the big one hits. And SoFi slides into the ocean, my man. Hell, I may join you. I may join you. I got some Midwest in me now. It's got to be easier to get to Eagle River from Motown than it is here. Hey now, are you craving some protein after a good workout? Of course. Can I tell you, I'm starving after every workout. So this time, do not make a shake or eat a bar. Grab a bag of beef jerky from Old Trapper instead. Why Old Trapper? Because Old Trapper beef jerky is tasty and it's tender. And it's made with real strips of steak and quality spices that are smoked over a wood fire. And Old Trapper is a family-owned business that takes smoked beef extremely seriously. And you can taste it in every single bite. I mean, who wants dried out rough beef in a bag? Nobody. It's like eating a shoe. Old Trapper, though, is the real deal, and it comes in four amazing flavors. Old Fashioned is sweetened with a touch of brown sugar goodness. Teriyaki, peppered, and hot and spicy for those who like to take things up a notch. So next time you want a great protein and energy snack that you can have anytime, anywhere, grab some Old Trapper beef jerky. Look for Old Trapper in the Clearview bag. That way you can see exactly what you're buying. Look for it in major retail stores near you. If you don't see it, clones, ask for it by name because no other jerky compares. Old Trapper, what is your beef? Joined by Dodger manager Dave Roberts, my man, Dave, before we talk about the team, bring me up to date. How you personally feeling? How was your offseason, Dave? Romy, good to be back, my brother. Um, it was good. You know, it, the season obviously didn't end the way we wanted. So what I did is I jumped the pond and I went to London, uh, took in some shows, drank a, a bunch of martinis, uh, uh, did some great dinners. And I actually had a chance to run into Chase Utley when he was over there with his wife. Uh, so that was good. Then I did Spain. 
and then I did a guy's trip, Romy, that you, you and I can talk about off air uh, to Jackson Hole. So I am recharged, ready to go, my friend. Win, win, win. I love <laughs> everything about that. Those are all dubs. Hey, Dave, really quickly, what kind of martini? Are we going vodka? Are we going gin? What did you have? So I, I, I do a vodka, and then but when I went there, is there something about you're going to London and you're there in uh, October and you bundle up, you got your pea coat, and you feel a little like James Bond. So I went Vesper, and that's the gin and the vodka, so with a little twist, and I felt a little uh, 007-ish. My man, preach, preach. I know exactly what you're talking about. I've been there at that time, and I love that mix. I haven't done that in a while, but I used to go 50-50 on that mix. I love that play. I love it. Dave Roberts joining right? us. Good for you. I love it. No, I love it. Let me... What do you do for a garnish? Are you going olives? What kind of olives? Are you going twist? Nothing at all? What do you do? Yeah, I, I went twist. I, it's one of those things when in Rome, because I'm more of a, of a me and Buddy Black, uh, my mentor and good friend, we do the, uh, the uh, vodka up, dirty. But then when I was there, I went, you know, Vesper with the twist with the lime or the lemon. Man, I hate to get too far off the track, but are you a goose guy? Are you a Belvedere guy? Are you a Chopin guy? Yeah, you know what? Uh, this is a great conversation, good set, good starter. So I am a goose guy, but I, I kind of uh, I, I don't discriminate against good vodka. Me too. I'm a goose guy as well. Dave Roberts joining us. I appreciate that. In fact, I, I hate to ruin this by talking baseball, Dave, because it's so awesome. But let me ask you, like you mentioned, the way the, the season ended. Baseball, now baseball is the cruelest game of all. It's the most unforgiving sport ever. The Dodgers win 111 games in the regular season, an insane number, the most in the National League since 06. But then the postseason ends abruptly when you lose to the Padres. I'm just kind of curious, like you mentioned, you jumped the pond. But what was it like for you personally? And then how did you go process? about processing the weeks that followed the NLDS? Well, I'll tell you, uh, I got woken up by my wife uh, in the middle of the night, you know, once uh, the Padres lost uh, to the uh, Phillies. And um, for me, that was tough. You know, you lose to a division rival, and I'm from San Diego. Uh, so that was uh, news. And I think for me, I just had to eject, uh, get out of it, get out of the environment. And then there came a point of you kind of look back and, kind of what we could have done better. And I went on record, uh, Romy, this uh, winter at the winter meeting talking about, I think I, I could have done a better job of, you know, preparing our guys as far as the mindset, as, uh, as far as the regular season was great, uh, but we had to ramp it up uh, as far as the focus, the intensity, the urgency in the postseason. So that's something for me I got to learn and, and get better. And, and uh, our guys have bought into that. Dave Roberts joining us. You know, you mentioned mindset. You said something also recently, Dave, that I thought was really fascinating. You said to reporters, quote, I've just come to the realization that I just love my job and I love the grind. End of quote. And I'm going to tell you why I think that's interesting, because it hit me the other day as well. It's one thing to grind like I do, but I recently thought to myself, man, you've got to fall back in love with the grind. You have to love the grind. I love that you have this rejuvenated sense of purpose. What led up to that? Is it what you just said about the team or is it something else? What what flipped your mindset? I think that last postseason, I think that to kind of look back and go, you know what, there's some things that we could have done better, I personally could have done better, but to just look at it as a lost, wasted year, I just don't think that that's helpful, and uh, for me, I try to look out, look forward, and, you know, I sort of equated it to, uh, and I this is part of the message I gave to the players, like, there's an artist, you know, an artist doesn't become a great artist uh, by just trying to put together this masterpiece. This artist loves the process of, you know, what, what uh, style of ink or what he's going to use as far as paint, paint colors, and all this to make it unique. And loving the process to ultimately get to a certain point, the finished product of this potential masterpiece, that's something for us that I'm sitting here watching Noah Syndergaard, uh, Bobby Miller, top prospect, Dustin May throw bullpens, and I want our guys to love throwing a bullpen, taking grounders, taking batting practice, and the byproducts. The goal is to win a championship, but if you don't love the process, love practice, then uh, it's a hard way to live, in my opinion. In other words, Dave, what it is is love the process, not the result. Love the process, not the result, because if you love the process, the result will take care of itself. Dave Roberts joining us. That's what I'm hearing. So you mentioned Syndergaard. The thing about this team, you know, change is constant. It's challenging. It's never easy. You lose a lot of guys, Trey Turner, Cody Bellinger, Justin Turner, Tyler Anderson, 
How do the departures impact the team both on the field and in the clubhouse? I know it's early, but what do you think that's going to be like? It's hard to, to, to replace the skill set of what Cody did for us in center field. Um, and he's a former MVP. And Trey Turner, I think, is one of the top five most talented, both sides of the baseball, on the bases, player in all of baseball. And so to kind of backfill that, it, it's certainly tough. We're still trying to figure out who's going to man or who or a couple guys are going to man center field. But Gavin Lux is a guy that uh, we're going to put at shortstop. He's a guy that came up as a number one prospect and now moving over to his uh, natural position at short. So I feel good about that. Miguel Vargas, Romy, is a guy that's going to be in second base, top prospect now for us. He's an exciting young player uh, from Cuban blood. Father was a professional baseball player. But I think it's just more of the, the sum of the parts. Um, we brought in J.D. Martinez to sort of – be that voice fill-in for Justin Turner, who I adored and Dodger fans uh, adored, um, who moved on, obviously, to Boston. So, and other guys like Will Smith, we still got Mookie, we still got Freddie, we still got Kershaw, Julio. So, uh, we're still a pretty good ball club. It's a great answer. You literally hit on everybody I was going to ask you about. I love you guys, Dave, up the middle, I think, with Vargas and Lux. It's going to be really interesting. How about a quick thought on Clayton Kershaw? He decided to stay with the Dodgers on a one-year deal. That'll be his 16th season, tying Don Sutton's record for most years pitched for the franchise. I mean, we're talking, obviously, about a special dude, a special player. And given what he's been to the organization, could you have envisioned him actually playing for anybody else? I couldn't, and uh, I'm looking at Clayton right now, and uh, this is not his throw day, so he's sitting there uh, watching Noah pitch right now and go through his dry work, and I'm sure they're going to have a little conversation. And this is a guy that, you know, you talk about the test of time, and it's part of he just loves the grind, loves what he does. And another message real quick, Romy, is sure. that the guys, there's a lot of guys that chose to be with the Dodgers, whether Clayton went to Texas and play for his hometown team. There's guys like J.D. Martinez who sacrificed millions of dollars to choose to play for the Dodgers. And so when you have that and guys like that, that manifests up all throughout the entire organization. So I can't say enough about Clayton, and he just continues to, to be great. He hates talking about the Hall of Fame, being great. He's just a guy that just loves to grind. Dave Roberts joining us for a few more moments. So obviously MLB has implemented, Dave, an array of rule changes this year. you got a pitch clock. You have the elimination of the shift. It's different, but are you embracing it, and do you think it's going to make the game better, or are you going to take a wait-and-see approach to it all? It's going to make the game better, and I think that better, I say that pretty uh, openly and, and honestly because I think the pace of play uh, with the changes that we've made is going to have more rhythm. And I think that whether you're watching at home, you're coming to the ballpark, uh, the rhythm is something that the fans, the players want. I think that the ball in play, taking out the shift, uh, more athletic defensive plays. I think the hitters in the batter's box, hitters and athletes, pitchers, they're all adjust. I do think that early on, I think the advantage goes to the pitcher with the pitch clock. There are certain guys that work slow, but for the most part, I think it's going to be tough for the hitters to kind of speed up their tempo and rhythm uh, in the batter's box. But, you know, we got bigger bases, Romy. Hopefully uh, you get some more base dealing and all that stuff and make the game a little bit more dynamic. Dave Roberts, my guest. Final thought, and this is the really important question, Dave. Got to put you on the spot. If you're going to mix vodka and gin, we already hit on the vodka. I have to know, as being a former gin man, what gin were you going with when you were mixing with your goose? Yeah, I was going with that uh, the monkey. The, uh, oh, that, that, yeah, really? I, I love that yeah, I, I'm a big fan of that gin, that uh, that monkey, and then the, the purple one. It's the purple. There's, you know, what? Actually, I don't know enough to know. I've had the monkey gin, but there's different. I don't know different yeah. colors. There's different versions thereof, right? There's different versions, and I'm not really the botanical. That's why I'm not really a gin guy, but Mark Pryor is a big gin guy. So, Pryor is. Uh, you know, yeah, so Pryor's a big gin guy, but I'm more vodka the clean. But I'm, I'm now Romy. I, I have full disclosure, dude. I'm a, I'm a Vesper guy. Hey, that's amazing to me. I, I, I was in that genre. I was at that time, Dave. I, I'm fascinated that Pryor is a gin guy. Like, the, gin is a different deal now, right? There's, it's, I'm always fascinated by people who drink gin. But the monkey gin, that's, that was never my go-to. I was a Sapphire guy for a long time. Then I went Hendrix, but I, I love that that's what you're going with. Dave, great to get caught up. Appreciate that. Dude, we need to do that. I always thought that we would do wine, but we have to go with the, the mix. 
We have Dude, to do we that. We can do it all, Romy. We're gonna we're gonna get uh, the girls together. We're gonna help come over to the house. We're gonna do like we're gonna have a bartender. We're gonna have a chef. We're gonna do it all, man. You tell me when and where. I'm there. Dave <laughs> Roberts, the Dodgers manager. Appreciate you, Dave, very much. Great to have you on. Thanks so much. All right, Romy. Take care, my You're man. The best, dude. You are the absolute best, my brother. Dave Roberts. This message is sponsored by Discover. Did you know that you could reduce the number of unwanted calls and emails with online privacy protection? The latest innovation from Discover. Discover will help routinely remove your personal info, like your name and address, from 10 popular people search websites that could sell your data, and they will do it for free. Activate in the Discover app. See terms and learn more at discover.com slash online privacy protection. Just had Dodgers manager Dave Roberts on, who for whatever reason is polarizing to some of you. I've, I've never understood it. I never will. Damn good manager, if you ask me. Best guy ever, if you ask me. And I love the way he processed that loss. Listen, what's a bigger kick in the package than winning 111 games in the regular season? Most since the Cubs in 06. And not only not finishing, when with the L.A. Dodgers, it always is world championship or bust. Anything less than a world championship, and everybody's coming for Dave Roberts. Always. Anything less than a World Series championship for L.A. is a failed season, right or wrong. It is. But if you win 111 games, and not only do you not finish, but your absolute bitter rival to the South knocks you out, That's a hard thing to live with. So how do you process that? (laughs) Brilliantly. Get on a plane, jump the pond, hang out with some friends and fam, and drink martinis. I think that's brilliant. And he sounded great. He sounded refreshed. He sounded rejuvenated. We had a great talk about spirits. I got an invite, I think. Pretty sure that was an invite to the house. Or he was inviting himself to my house, better yet. I'd love to have my man, the 949. Justin Herbert lives right up the street. Although I think that he keeps that secret. Not where he lives, but rather that he lives up the street from me. I don't think he'll own that. I know this. I still haven't gotten invited to a victory barbecue yet. Maybe if I get the manager of the Dodgers over, he'll come over. There are some other famous athletes in my name that I don't want to expose, but there are. Famous baseball player, famous golfer, famous people. As my kids like to point out, a famous YouTuber. That's the funny thing too now, right? It used to be like, hey man, that Dodger lives in your neighborhood. That Charger lives in your neighborhood. Now it's like, that famous YouTuber who makes more money than the athletes lives in your neighborhood. That, that to me is hilarious. Like, hey, Pop, you know, remember when we sold the mansion? A YouTuber bought it. That's not true, but it's not that far-fetched. All right, so anyway, that, that's my reaction to Dave Roberts. Totally different team. Gave up some amazing players. Get some new guys in, and we'll see. 1-800-636-8686. The other big thing, the other big takeaway I got from that was that Mark Pryor is a gin man. If I still were a gin man, that'd be amazing because I was always looking for members of the club because there's literally only 15 of us in America that drink that drink. And I quit and Rob Guthrie quit. So now there's 13 and prior apparently is one. Don't know about my guy Treasel. Treasel may still be in the club. Also, another member of the club was Seth Greenberg's wife, Karen. Karen may still be in the club. But the club is not convened. Since the president walked off, me. Let's see here. Hey, Rome, could Dave Roberts be any classier? Love him. But did he refer to you as Romy, my brother? brother. You know what the haters are going to say? You sound like a homer. You sound like a homer. Eric in LA, P.S. Did you give Dodger Jano a heads up so that she was dialed in? I did not. I did not. Let me see if I've heard from her. Nope. She must not know. He, yeah, yes, he did. Roll me, my brother. You know why? Because Dave Roberts and I have been talking for like a quarter of a century. 
I think I brothered him too. Nothing objective about that. Brother. I love the guy. I love the guy. I'm not saying that he hasn't made mistakes. I'm not, we all have. I'm not saying that he's the greatest manager ever. I'm saying he's a damn good manager. And he's the greatest guy ever. But a lot of you make him out to be the worst manager ever. And that's just bullcrap. It's just not accurate. It's not accurate. It's not fair. He's a damn good manager. Are there better strategic managers? Arguably. A damn good manager who's an unbelievable human. I love him. I love his energy. Planet Wilson. Dodger Jim. Great interview with Dodger Dave. Signed, Dodger Jano. Oh, there she is. DJ, what up, DJ? DJ is more focused on Uni Logan. Trojan Logan has a big game today against Beckman. Thanks, Siri. Thanks for nothing. Yeah. Dodger Jan was more focused on Trojan Logan. He's got a big game. We had this conversation last night. Like, hey, Logs, you maybe want to go to bed? You maybe want to get off that video game with your brother in Wisconsin? Yeah, hello, the whole team's on. This is how we communicate. Yeah, well, the whole team is going to get its ass kicked tomorrow if you don't get more than two hours sleep. You think maybe y'all might want to just nap it out for one night? It is a league game. I hit him this morning, first thing. I'm like, yo, Lugs, I know you don't want to hear it, but three things from Baseball Dad. He, he sort of, sort of tolerated it when he was like a freshman. As a senior who's already gotten into a college, who's playing a senior year of baseball, does not want to hear it. I had to hit him with, yo, son, I need you to respond to every single text that I send you. Respond. Because A, I want to know that you received it, and B, I don't want you to disrespect me. His response was, sorry, Pop. Running late for school. Time to ball. He had a ball. Hey, Jim, do you think the Dodgers will choke and get eliminated in Game 4 or Game 5 of the NLDS this year? Thanks, Adam in Northwest Philly. You mean like the Phillies just choked in the World Series, Adam, in Northwest Philly? You mean like the Eagles just choked in the Super Bowl, Adam, in Northwest Philly? Dude, the hell are you going to come at me like that for? You of all people, Adam, in Northwest Philly. Haven't you had three blown championship opportunities in the last 90 days in that town of Northwest Philly? Come on, Adam. You're better than that. So are you, Nate in Boston. Nate in Boston, quote, hang on. You just talked to Dave Roberts again. And once again, you did not ask him how he's able to manage the Dodgers and have three penises. At some point, people are going to have to admit that the guy who averages 100 wins per season, has three pennants and a World Series ring, maybe knows a little bit about what he's doing. No, Nate. I, I'm not going to ask him about the three penises he's won. Not, not now. Not the next time. I said penance. Penance, not penis. Let's slow it down and make sure. The guy Let, let's go. Let's send it to New York wins. for review. The guy who averages 100 wins per season has three penis. And a World Series ring, maybe knows See? a little bit about Nate, you're the only one who thinks so. You're the only one who heard it that way, Nate. So no, I'm not gonna <laughs> ask him. Shut up, James Kelly. I'm not gonna ask him. Laugh out loud. J- James Kelly's rich. James Kelly just hit me with penis for sure. Yeah, Kelly, because you never mispronounce anything or misspeak. Winston when Churchill. No, Nate. No, Nate, I'm not going to ask him next time. I'm not going to ask him when I go to his house or when he comes to my house, whenever we clear that up. You can keep asking why I'm not asking, but I'm not going to ask, Nathan.
in Boston, even though you and I, Nate, are half chowds. Because I am half chowed. Remember, my old man was born and bred in Boston. Remember, Brookline High, Boston University, born and bred. You and I are half chouts. I'm still not giving you what you want. You know what, Nate? Why don't you book Dave Roberts on your show and you can ask him? Brian. See? Why, why would I say that when I didn't say that? Clearly. Brian in San Pedro. I'm definitely not a goose guy anymore. Signed, Mav. We're going ballistic, Mav. Go get him. Goose is dead. At least he died doing what he loved most. Cracking his skull on the cockpit when he hit eject. Good luck living with that, Mav. No wonder he didn't want to go back up there. You can be my wingman anytime. Mav and Logan actually have a lot in common. They both drop down. You see the movement on those dog tags when Mav dropped down on the pier? Okay, Mav. Now if I could just teach Logan how to run like Mav. You got to admit, Mav runs high. Mav kind of reminds me of Eric Dickerson. Remember how Eric Dickerson used to run? Like high, fierce. Mav runs like that. Since you're a goose guy, me and my brethren will take it easy on you for a while. Regards, the Wisco geese robbing the ATL. Man, these things suck. Your contributions, I mean, mine are fine. Mine are good. Kenneth E. Jim, did you play Caleb's waistband because it's Fat Tuesday? It's all okay. I actually had not played Caleb's waistband, but now you're welcome. That was dude's greatest contribution. Walk off on that. Mike in Toronto writes, Rome, my favorite big head story is when you took him to Las Vegas for a business meeting and the guy proceeded to order booze and kept dropping profanities with the clients. That's a classic. Quick, quick reset. That's true. That's not embellished. We had a gambling meeting with a gambling partner. My manager, Craig Kitchen, says we really should go see their setup. We should meet with them. They're a big client. Are you available for that? I said, anytime. Would love to. However, and this is before we started the podcast. I said, however, James Kelly is also a big part of that brand. A big part of that content. We should bring him. And Craig said, absolutely. Kelly and I have not taken a meeting, I don't think ever, other than together. He and I meet. But I don't think that he and I have ever met with a client that I could recall and certainly not out of the office, and certainly not a meeting that we got on a plane for. All right, this is not a small business meeting. So we go to Vegas. We go to a really upscale hotel. We sit down. We get a tour of the facilities. Really nice production studio. And then we retreat to their conference room. And Kelly just settles in. Like they're laying out their vision and I'm sharing my thoughts, and Craig is doing what Craig does. And then all of a sudden, Kelly's like, yeah, now it's my turn. Hey, uh, uh, can I get something to drink? Literally asked for something to drink, and then started letting F-bombs fly. F-bombs. Straight profanity. Just getting loose. And that was not the tone of the room. That was not the tenor of the room. Like, normally when you see something like that at a business dinner, what do you do? Do you not emulate the decision maker on some level. Like if you don't drink, you don't drink. I'm not going to lie to you. If I'm in a business setting and I've never been with that decision maker and that decision maker's got a lot of juice, a lot of juice. If that decision maker goes cocktail, 
I will. I'll emulate that. If that decision maker goes beer, I will. I'll mirror that move. If that decision maker goes like Pino, I'm not going double 42 neat. I'm not doing that. Kelly literally was doing whatever the hell he wanted. Nobody was drinking and he asked for a drink. Nobody was cussing and he's just dropping F-bombs and MF-bombs like there's no tomorrow. And I'm looking at him like, yo, dude. And I'm giving him the look like, come on, man. Come on, man. Tighten your game up. I think I actually texted him. And now he's trying to defend himself. He's trying to defend himself right now. He just hit me with number one. I thought it went well. Yeah, I know you thought it went well, Kelly. And now he's also trying to defend himself by saying, yeah, well, they weren't really drinks. They were silver bullets. Dude, you're the only one that asked for a beer in a business meeting. Not a cup of coffee, not a glass of water, a beer. And I know you were in Vegas. Needless to say, we have not had a business meeting together on the road since. Because this dude doesn't think he did anything wrong. So, that guy said, that's actually my favorite story. True story. That happened. Oh, what do you know? We don't do business with them anymore. I wonder if that's a quinky-dink, Kelly. Maybe it is, maybe it's not. They're on him today. Hey, boss man. Great to see Alan Parsons getting some run on the show this morning. Already did that one. Thank you, Alan. Thank you, Chuck. You're bad. Wells, if there was a hack off of cities, Detroit would win. No, it wouldn't, Wells. You would. You would, fat man. Let's go to the phones. Let's not get bogged down with your nonsense. In market, on topic, Hank in Detroit. What's going on, Hank? How are you? Jim, how you doing? Thanks for the vine, man. Longtime listener. I was uh, at the Palace Auburn Hills when you made your tour stop out here. Hell yes. So, great day. Great day. Great day. Great event. Been around listening for a long time. This guy Parsons, man, I mean, you know, these kids nowadays, they run their mouth. He's from an overhyped school. that's never done anything. The next big game they win will be their first. I can't tell you how many times I sat back in the big house and watched those nitty kittens run out on the field so full of bravado running their mouths just like just like Parsons. They did that this year, what happened? They got trounced. And that's that's what this guy, that's where he's from. That's what he does, right? Jalen Hurts is a system guy. Number number two in MVP voting. Super Bowl Super Bowl, you know, participant, right? But he's a system guy, Micah. Right? Last time I saw Micah he was whining about Leonard Fournette chipping him out the backfield. He wants to start a revolution to take chips out of the game. You know, he's a tough guy when he's he's throwing people under the bus and he's he's crapping on Detroit. But let me tell you about Detroit, man. The last time a cowboy had the nerve to talk about the Lions, it was Rob Ryan when he was running that defense. When he said something like in practice they had two or three guys just like Calvin Johnson. The next game, Calvin came in 200-plus yards, multiple touchdowns, and shredded the Cowboys' defense. So, Micah, you might want to know a little bit about your history. Detroit's a city of champions, man. Like, we've won the NBA championship multiple times. We've been relevant. The Red Wings, we ran hockey for a decade plus. You know, the Tigers, Triple Crown and Verlander. And, like, we're a city of champions, man. Just because you don't know, you know, ignorance is no excuse. So what I want to tell you to do is watch Jim, listen to Calvin come on, Get some respect, do a little reading, and get you a system quarterback like Jalen that isn't going to lead the league in interceptions. Thanks for the vine, Jim. Detroit's always going to rep. We got dogs out here. You I'm do out. too. Nice job, Hank. Appreciate you. Hank in Detroit. Guys, keep yourself tight and feeling confident with new and improved Dove Men Plus Care Antiperspirant, reformulated with 72-hour sweat and odor protection and one-quarter moisturizing cream. Stop worrying about your underarms so you can be present for the moments that matter. Do not let underarm insecurities keep you at arm's distance from the ones you care about. Buy new and improved Dove Men Plus Care Antiperspirant with 72-hour sweat and odor protection wherever personal care products are sold.
I agree with much of that, but there is one part of that that I do not agree with. Listen, I'm not saying that you shouldn't be pissed. You should be. You should do exactly what you did. You should rep the D. But you can't, as much as you hate Micah for saying what he said, and I would too if I were you, don't make him out to be some sort of bum ass. Don't make him out to be some sort of guy who's never accomplished anything. Micah is going to be, if not already, a generational talent. This dude is a freak. He's an incredible player. An unbelievable player. And could go down as an all-time great. If he stays in the game, catches some luck and some breaks. I'm not saying he's going to go down with a fistful of jewelry. I'm saying he is an unbelievable talent. A generational talent. But yes, you should be pissed. He just said, hey, yo. He, he inserted himself into a conversation that had nothing to do with him unless he's trying to recruit Jalen Ramsey himself. Otherwise, he had nothing better to do. He just went Micah, man. This is what he does. He had nothing better to do, probably reached for his phone, saw that, and thought, ha, 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 I remember how we punched them in the face. I know who they are. Quote, ain't nobody leaving L.A. for Detroit. So, Detroit, you should be pissed. And I would not take that well if I were you. But your retort cannot be, who is this dude? What has this dude ever accomplished? What has this dude ever won? You know, fair, but he's an incredible player. You know, in part, and I actually love his rap. He makes me laugh. I get a kick out of the guy. This is why I don't even care that he called me a sissy. I just proved that I wasn't. And I ate his pie with all his hot sauce. The guy makes me laugh. Team content, yo. Team Cowboys are team content. He's team content. And you got to admit, in terms of them advancing, Micah's not the guy under center. Micah's not the guy who keeps splitting the numbers of the guy on the other team. Micah's not the guy who co-led the NFL in INTs. That's not on him. That's not his fault. But Detroit, it's not your fault. You're pissed. Believe me, Detroit, I would think a lot less of you if you didn't push back. But the pushback can include, this guy sucks. (laughs) Because he doesn't. You might think his take does. But he's good, man. He is a great player. 1-800-636-8686. However, it's not stopping everybody else from jumping in. It's Trader Brent. Detroit is our number one destination. Sign Coke, heroin, meth, and ex-dealers. Covered this a million times. Name one city in this great country where you cannot find Coke, heroin, meth, and ex-dealers. Crack doesn't want any of that. Hey, Dry Farmer, Trader Brent, where do you live, dude? I don't know where you live, but I guarantee there's Coke not far from where you live. I'll bet there's heroin where you live. I'd bet anything there's meth where you live. I'll bet you there's people that push X where you live. Do better. Can I even tell you how many emails I'm also getting from Siegfried and Roy? Why? The lions are a topic. Yeah, I know, clones. No way. A couple of hotel performers got mauled by a lion that they had in their act. No way the lion had a day. Yeah, I know. I think I actually saw that show back in the day. Remember in Vegas, where if you went to Vegas two or three times a year, every single time you went, there was a new hotel that went up. There was always the thing. The Mirage, man. I remember when that was the biggest thing in the world. I remember when that hotel opened. That's how old I am. I can remember going there when that hotel opened, man. That was all bling, all glitz. And Siegfried and Roy. You'd walk through that lobby, and like they'd all be there. Dodger Jano always made a stop. 
Dr. Jano, can we just move right through the lines? No, look. Wow. They're so cool. They're awesome. They're beautiful. I'm like, really? Go ask Roy or Siegfried or whoever got eaten alive by one of them. That's the other thing, too. I was never, when we, I used to be a big Vegas guy. Don't go so much anymore. But I always like to go and play cards. Always like to go and get a cocktail. Always like to go and get a nice dinner. I got to admit, when I was this guy, that's where I'd buy my timepieces. I would go to get my watches in Vegas because, because great selection. And if you ship, you could save sales tax back in the day. And that mattered. The one thing I was never about, though, were the shows. I just was not a show guy. Dodger Jano loved the shows. Always wanted to go to shows. So that coincided with my martini phase. One night I had a couple, fell asleep during the show. Man, she was pissed. I'm like, what do you care? You saw the show. You loved it. I caught myself a nice nap. I'm refreshed. I rallied. She's like elbowing me the whole show. I'm like, what, for those blue dudes? Think I give a damn? Why do you think I numbed up? I numbed up because I knew we were watching the blue dudes. Or Cirque du Soleil. That, that, for sure I slept through that. That, that was the one, of the one of the few things Dr. Jano and I do not agree on. The Vegas shows. Rome. Rome holding the door to his panic room shut during the light mist that Callie gets this weekend. No, she off in Lincoln. No, she off, dude, it's official, dude. I don't like you anymore. Dude, we don't have a panic room. And if we did, I would not use it for the light mist. Geoff. Bro, stop, stop stalking me, dude. Stop tweeting at me. Stop emailing me. Stop threatening to come to Cali to meet me. Just just take take the rest of the day off, Geoff. Take the rest of the week off. Geoff, take the show off. I mean, I'd even deal with the call that I'm going to get from one of the programmers or one of the suits saying, you know, Jim, maybe it's not the best idea in this environment for you to tell listeners not to listen. Oh, I'm not doing that. I'm not telling listeners not to listen. I'm telling Geoff to stop bothering me. Like, I need a radio slash TV restraining order on this guy. Dude, just stop. Stop. It's the big, like, five stop sign emojis. Dude, stop. Geoff, you win. You're officially aggravating me. Stop. I did do a tour stop in Auburn Hills in the D. It was one of our best days ever. This is what the tour stop sounded like back in the day. This is when I would take the show on the road and do live events off air. And we would just let it rip. And I'm going to say... There were 14,000 clones that showed up on July 26th, 2003 for me to get up on stage and run my mouth and talk smack. I wish we had video of that. 14,000 people. What do you mean break? Don't have to get to the bottom, Alvin? That's not the top, is it? Are we still in segment one? I probably do need a break. It is Calvin Johnson. Calvin, it is great to have you on the show. How are you? Oh, man, I found you. It's great. I'm doing great. It's good to have you. So we've got a lot to get caught up on. Before we talk about, Calvin, what you're up to these days, I'd love to get a quick thought or two from you about the game today. And I bring this up. I sat with Justin Jefferson last week in Arizona on Radio Row, and I bring it up because this dude, to me, Calvin, might be as good off the field as he is on it. He's the total package on the field. He went for over 1,800 receiving yards. He won the Offensive Player of the Year award. What do you like best about the young man and his game? 
He's so fluid, so smooth, and the way he came out into the league in his first uh, two years and just, you know, just just disruptive, you know, like um, it's really unlike any other player I've, I've noticed and I've seen since, um, um, you know, I guess my time since I've been in the league. So very, very, like I say, his fluidity. That's what I love most about him. He reminds me of myself a little bit, but as a, such, a, you know, he's such a long strider, but uh, he's very deceptive with the speed. Um, and then, obviously, the, the ability to make the play on the ball in the air—that that is one of the most skills that I, I, I cherish, and I love to see uh, out of uh, all these young receivers. Hall of Famer Calvin Johnson joining us. You know. I followed the Lions pretty closely over the years through thick and thin. I've always had their players and coaches on this show. I love the team. I love what I see from the team right now. Before we talk about where things stand with you and the franchise, I'd love to get your thoughts on the way, Calvin, the way they fought back. They start one and six. Nobody blinks. Nobody takes a knee. Nobody folds their tents. They were in it until the final game of the year. And then even with, quote, nothing to play for, they go into Green Bay, they knock the Packers out, and they do so in their own house. What are your thoughts on the Lions? How do you feel about what you see from them on the field now? I love what I'm seeing from the Lions. You know, I played with Dan, so I know he's a soldier, and he's getting the players to really uh, believe in what he's trying to do. And it really – I mean, it takes somebody that's kind of been through uh, 0-16 and been through those low, lowly lows to kind of bring a team back um, from, like he's done this year. I didn't expect a whole lot out of them after the uh, first half of the season. But the way they turned around and, and stepped up, you know, it was amazing to see them almost try to push to get into a playoff run. So um, I'm excited about what's coming in, um, next year, especially with our free agency around the corner. Um, the draft, you know, hopefully they can make some, make some moves there. But I think free agency should be huge for our Lions this year if they want to take that next step. Calvin Johnson joining us. You mentioned you played with Dan Campbell. I would imagine he was just like the way he is now when you played with him. In fact, what was he like as a teammate and a player? He was awesome. I remember one thing I remember about Dan, he had one shoulder he was playing on. He was still our starting starting uh, tight end. I mean, I guess that kind of speaks to the talent or the depth that we might have had in Detroit at the time. But he was still a starter. He went out there and played. He didn't complain. And he got the job done, you know. So uh, I, can, I, I have the utmost respect for a guy like, like that that leaves us all in the field. Hey, Calvin, there's no shortage of corners that would talk about the challenge and going up against you back in the day. And there are lots of guys that would talk about the challenge in that. I'm curious. I'd love to know who some of the corners were who brought out the very best in you. Who were some of the guys that you had your most classic battles with? Uh, I have to say um, definitely uh, C. Wood. Um, when he was over in Green Bay playing him twice a year. And for some reason, you know, even though Arizona wasn't in our, on our, in our division, we're playing them every year for like six straight years. I guess they wanted to see me and Pat P go up against each other. So that was a pretty good rival because he was young and, and flying around and strong, strong uh, DB. So he's probably one of the better ones I've won against um, during my career consistently. I like that. Calvin Johnson joining us. Calvin, you mentioned recently that your relationship with the franchise was, quote, trending up eight years after your sudden retirement. That That's good to see. I mean, I'm really happy to hear that. I'm not sure how much you'll elaborate on that, but can you give me a sense? Where do things stand currently with you and the organization? Yeah, man, I think we're having some good conversations. Um, you know, Mike Disner over there with the Lions, you know, he's, he's back in town. Um, and he's going to, you know, I feel like he's going to, you know, put an effort to try to make some, make us bring, bring, bring the two of us together, get us back on the same page. So I'm excited about that. I'm excited about him actually reaching out and, and tr putting the effort forward to try to make that happen. Um, so that's that's the difference that, that that I have not seen in the past. That's happening now. So I'm excited about it. One uh, because I'll be able to, you know, get back around football and be able to help out the team. And I feel like that. Not that they need my help. But, I mean, I have a lot of, feel like, of experience to share with those guys, and whether it's football or off the field. So, um, definitely could be a value to the organization. And I'm excited just to be around the team again, just be around football in my seat and, look, and allow my kids to see, uh, go over there and see some of the things that I was able to do uh, while I was in Detroit. That is so good to hear. And, of course, they need your help. You've got a lot to offer them. We're talking to Calvin Johnson. You know, there are not many transcendent players like you, that walk away at the age of 32 the way you did. I'm kind of curious, when you look back, how much of that decision to retire was motivated by how you felt physically, and then how much of it, frankly, was based on the Lions' lack of success, you know, the sacrifices you were making, but not getting a return on that investment? Yeah, it, it was definitely a little bit of both, but at the end of the day, man, the quality of life was everything for me. 
And I know, I know how my body was feeling. Um, shoot, I just sprained my ankle playing dang basketball from all his old, old dang football injuries that just came back up. But I just like just reminded me, man, just I didn't have much more on these ankles, on these knees and whatnot out there on the field. And at the same time, you know, the organization wasn't wasn't exactly trending up either. Calvin, it seems like you were kind of ahead of your time in the sense that you knew that you were not going to be defined only by the game, only by the sport. What was it like to walk away when you did? Did you ever look back and second guess it, or did you always understand that, hey, I've got this whole other life ahead of me? I mean, it's hard not to think back like, hey, this, this is one of the only you know fields. And yeah, you can make money um, um, off the field of football, but I'm not going to say it's easy because we got to put our body through a whole lot. But that was the avenue that was already established. So if there's anything to look back on, you're like, yeah, I could have made some more money doing it. But shoot, we're trying to make money right now off the field too. You know, with our with the business that we're going. So, so let's talk um, about that. Looking back now, yeah, I'm excited with what I did because you know I got my whole family. I have three three boys, three beautiful little boys now, and a beautiful wife that I get to spend all my days with, and my business that's taking up a lot of my time too. Calvin Johnson joining us. That's the thing, right? Family and you've got your business. Let's talk about the business, the new company, Permanent Performance. You've partnered up with your former Lions teammate, Rob Sims. He was an offensive lineman with the team. You've launched a line of CBD products. What can you tell us about the company and its product line? Yeah, this is exciting for us. Obviously, we're in a cannabis space, but to bring uh, primitive performance to life, we wanted to do something different. We wanted to be innovators in the space. And, you know, uh, nanotechnology was something that was exciting to us, mainly because, you know, it was talked about by the breast of the elites. And you're talking about institutions like uh, Dana-Farber, which is tied to Harvard, or like the big institutions like John Hopkins or whatnot. And they're using nanotechnology. They use it uh, in, in, in medicine that we see today. And we want to try to take some of that innovation and add it to the cannabis industry. And what that's what we're doing um, uh, with Primitive Performance. We're able to take that particle size and make it so small that it basically, uh, for the most part, bypasses the intestinal systems and gets into the bloodstream, making that product more bioavailable so that that medicine is actually doing what it's supposed to be doing for your body. Um, so we started with two products. Um, Two products that we used while we were playing, me especially, I used to, um, I was big on rehydration, make sure my body's hydrated. And I was huge on topical creams, both pre and post workout, just to get my body moving and going. But now, like I said, we can add cannabinoids to those and um, use the anti inflammatory properties, the relaxation properties, so many different properties that these com compounds give us. Um, we're able to take that and um, add that to our to our daily regimen of, of things that we use to get ready for to, for game time. So obviously, I'm not getting ready for game time now, but hydration and um, the cream for my bumps and bruises that I go through. That's that's those are things that I use on an everyday basis. So, so um, for all athletes and, and everyday person, I think it's uh, something that could be good for the masses. You just answered. I was going to say, who is it for? Are we talking about high-level elite athletes or for people like me and anybody listening? Who is it for? Well, I was, you know, at one time I was a high-level elite athlete, but now I'm just an everyday guy. So I think it goes for everybody. <laughs> so let me ask you this finally. If you had this type of product available to you at that time, do you think that could have extended your career? Would you have continued to play if you had access to something like this back then? Well, I, I honestly, Jim, I, I still think there needs to be a lot more innovation. 100%, though, having products like this, one for rehydration, that's key. That's essential for every athlete. But to, to take off the edge for the cream, so I'm not ha having to use the prescribed uh, medicines that we know just have, that carries toxins, the opioids and whatnot. Um, if you have something to knock the edge off of, off of your uh, pains, uh, I definitely would have used that. But to that point, what you're saying, I think there still has to be a lot more innovation in the industry. There has to be a lot more research done, and we're just scratching the surface right now. Kevin, one last thought about that. I mean, I agree with you. Absolutely. How much of that, though, is research and technology in the industry? And then how much is that just about the culture of being in the league, right? Availability is your best ability. You got to be out there. If you're not, somebody will get your job. How much of it is kind of reeducating ourselves or rethinking that entire process, the culture of the thing? I mean, that's that's tough. Like you say, it's I mean, availability is everything. I mean, if you're if you're not on that field, then I mean, you're not you're not going to have a long, uh, long lasting career in the NFL. Um, so, I mean, to tie. I mean, I don't know. That's 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 mm, I don't know. You got me on that one, Jim. It's, it's tough to to compare the two because um, availability is everything. You can't if you I mean, I don't know. It, it's you're exactly, man. It's, like, it's the fabric of the game, right? It's the fabric of the game, man. That's that's what you're taught from day one. You do what you have to do to get out there. That is not, I get it. That is not easy. 
to figure out. That's not an easy answer. Calvin, where, if our listeners and viewers want more information, where do they go to get it to find out about the company and the products? Oh, yeah. It's uh, primitiveperformance.com. Um, it's spelled primitive without the E on the end. And we call ourselves primitive because humans have been using cannabis or plant medicines uh, for millennia. So by definition and by nature, cannabis is primitive. So that's why we call ourselves that. But primitiveperformance.com um, um, is where you can find more uh, information about our products um, and, and and check them out if you like to, uh, to order some for yourself. I like that. PrimitivePerformance.com. He is a Hall of Famer. Class of 2021, all-time great Calvin Johnson. Calvin, it was worth it. Thank you very much for making that happen. I know we tried to connect, and I'm glad we finally did. Great to talk to you, and really good to get caught up, man. I appreciate it. Great to see you, Jim. Have a good one, Calvin, great seeing you. Megatron. Let's go to Philadelphia. John in Philly. Hey, John. Good to have you, John. How are you? Well, Jim, I'm not too happy. Good. Dude, What's up? I'm listening. I'm listening to you in your groove. Okay, your range is off the charts, and your energy. And what I don't think people understand is how much of your soul comes through the radio. And I'm just going to point it out. You've been doing this a long time. You've been doing it longer than most guys last in their careers, right? I got nothing to gain, but I can see the entrepreneurialship and the drive that you have. Okay. And, and these clowns that call up here and shred you or say something, it's ridiculous. Yeah. You might get paid because you earned that. You worked your way up there in this business and this business is killer, right? So I'm going to step in. I'm going to talk to big head here. Let's step away from the side hustle. Let's answer boss man's calls. And I know it's a danger of flooding the office if you start sweating, big head. But let's take that chance, okay? Because you do this for three hours. Let me see where the, where the ratings go when big head's running the show for three hours. Jimmy, you need a rest, my friend. And I'm, I'm there for you. I'm hoping you get that rest. I'm out. My man, John, he nailed it. Like... He understands me better than I understand myself. What a brilliant phone call. Rack him. Rack him. Put him on the watch list. Hey, Head, are you really here? I'm here, man. I'm an effort guy. I got, I got up here. I'm, I'm, I'm right here right now. What's going on? Oh, that's incredible. <laughs> I, I can try. Thanks for going all in. I got something for you, Head. Uh-huh. I got something for you. Uh, tell me, tell me how my ass tastes. <laughs> Go ahead, Alvy. <laughs> Get the hell out of here, man. I'm no longer interested. I can try. Get your ass out of here, Head. Not interested. Good night, Nigel.